Good morning. It's Monday, July 19th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the College Football Daily, we are going to be previewing SEC Media Days with the one and only Josh Pate, the host of Late Kick on 24-7 Sports, YouTube, Live, all that good stuff. So uh, it, it's a big week for Media Days. We had the Big 12 last week. I covered that with Chris Hummer on Friday's pod. This week, we have a great plan to cover the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 10, which all happened this week. SEC is July 19th, so Monday through Thursday. ACC is the 21st, so Wednesday through the 22nd, so Wednesday through Thursday. And then the Big 10 is the 22nd through the 23rd. 24-7 Sports will have Brandon Marcello and Brad Crawford and a host of local experts on the ground in Birmingham. Then we'll have a host of experts on the ground in Charlotte, North Carolina, including Bud Elliott. You'll hear, hear from him this week. And then later this week, Brandon Marcello will fly straight from Birmingham to Indianapolis for the Big Ten Media Days. And we'll do the whole sort of coverage coverage situation next week with Blair Angulo from the Pac-12 Media Days. So topic today with Josh Pate. Is this the official start of the season? Uh, what do we think we'll get from each day's slate of coaches? Who's going to Who's going to be the star? Who's going to deliver the soundbite? Will Dan Mullen say anything he could possibly regret? It was a fun conversation in which we're trying not to take SEC Media Days or any of the Media Days too seriously because it's fun. It's great to see everybody. It feels awesome. It's going to be even better this year considering we didn't have one last year, even though the capacity is limited and the number of players has dwindled from three to two. But at the end of the day, you're, you really don't learn anything. So you kind of have to go in there with an open mind, which which you'll I, th- I think that's the tone we have on this podcast quick note if you weren't paying attention this past weekend shame on you the college football recruiting world was absolutely on fire cbs sports hq has become the home for live commitments on friday four-star lineman gunner givens committed to virginia tech the hokies have been on a roll i think the class is like number 14 <laughs> way better than last year and in 2020 they were in the 70s so good for them in a pivotal year for justin fuente on saturday we had let's see if i can remember these off the top of my head 2023 athlete running back trey on webb committed to Oklahoma. Good looking player. 2022 highly ranked defensive backs Keon Sab and Dalen Everett both committed to Clemson. Andrew Ivins did a nice write up on each of those IMG Academy products. And then on Sunday, yesterday, five-star quarterback Malachi Nelson committed to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley does it again, folks. Think about it. 2019, number one quarterback in the class in Spencer Rattler. 2021, we're skipping a year, uh, the number one quarterback in the class in Caleb Williams. And then 2023, if Malachi Nelson doesn't edge out Arch Manning for number one, he'll be two or three. Or, uh, he's an elite guy. He's a five-star guy. So Lincoln Riley is just, is just on a roll and just loading up on generational and number one and, and just all everything type quarterbacks in Norman, Oklahoma. And if you want to hear more analysis about Malachi Nelson's commitment, check out the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast where we've got the emergency episode already up on the feed. So I'm going to make sure to listen to that and listen to all the other great 24-7 Sports Podcasts on my drive to Birmingham on Monday morning. So anyway, here's Josh Pate. Appreciate him joining me on late notice uh, a few days ago. Enjoy it. Uh, let us know if you have any questions for us from any of the media days. I'm on Twitter at Scott 247 Hit us up on Apple Podcasts in the review section. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. But if you tell us what you don't like, you at least leave like the four stars. I don't know. I'm not asking for five, but if you don't like something, but you know, don't don't sink us with the ones. Anyway, here's Josh Pate. Josh Pate joins us right now. Josh, SEC Media Days. It's back 2021. Is this, you don't recognize the offseason as an official college football holiday, but if you did, would you say this is the official start of the football season? All right. So let me get unpopular with you. No, I don't. I think fall camp is the start of college football season. 
here's okay. You, you let me know if this is fair or foul. So here's the way I've observed this. Have you ever sat around Trey and listened to the older guys who covered the sport back in like the 80, the Skyrider days, in other words, where they actually flew to the universities and met with the coaches one-on-one. Have you ever listened to them tell stories about those days? Yeah. Like the, the good old days and great access and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, so here's the other thing. That was when actual meaty substantive information used to come out of this because you had true one-on-one access with coaches. And also there was that trust that for better or for worse just doesn't exist today. There was personal relationship in a lot of cases between head coaches and the media. I don't even know that SIDs existed back then. Anyway, I say all that to say this. Today's events, they almost they almost present themselves as more of a spectacle for media than the game itself. And I can't remember the last time I walked away from an SEC media day saying, I cannot believe this, this, and this. But I can remember every year going into it and the buildup to it. And I think it's just because people are starved for an event. Make no mistake, I'm paying attention just like everyone else. But the start of the season, when guys are reporting to fall camp, that is when I don't go to sleep much the night before. I think you're right. I uh, I just had wanted to see what you said. I was even talking to Chris Hummer last week, and or uh, this is running on Monday, but I was talking to him last week about, hey, what'd you learn from Big Twelve Media Days? He was like, uh, nothing. And yeah. it's, it, I mean, it, it's very true that you can get to Birmingham and and be all excited, and you walk into the hotel, and they've got the the logos, and you see some coaches and some players, and then by two p.m., you're like, huh, all right. Um, and this year's even different with with the COVID protocols, limited access. Yeah, each team's only bringing two players. I think there's only three quarterbacks going. Period. So the star, the star power, or uh, Bo Nix, JT Daniels, and Matt Corral. The star power is low. I think. I think you're right. I think it has the potential to be a subdued media days. And then you've you've got the media days, and and even if you kind of get lathered up by it, it's still two more weeks till fall camp. So I, I think you're onto something where the media days has has lost a little bit of luster, but. I don't know. Like, and I'm thinking about what are the topics going to be this year, Josh? Two years ago, it was transfer portal. This year, it's still going to be transfer portal. It's going to be vaccinations. It's going to be name, image, likeness. You're not going to get much actual football stuff. Well, I think NIL is going to be at the forefront more so than anything. I mean, you, you and I have spoken about this topic in editorial meetings about how disproportionate the attention on NIL has been on the media front as opposed to the actual clicks and traffic we get on the fan base front. I know on late kick, I've gotten like five or six to one traffic ratio transfer portal to NIL, but yet everyone wants to talk about NIL. And I'll tell you, if you want to really drill down on it, here's a really good starting point for talking points or any kind of storyline. You know, you have normally a guy who will go in there and he'll ask the same question to all 14 coaches because he wants to write, obviously, uh, just post events broad-based coverage. And that's that's cool. So everybody's going to get asked about NIL. Well, it's obvious to me at this point, Trey, the University of Alabama or LSU, they are taking a different approach than Auburn. Have you heard a word out of Auburn about NIL? Because I haven't. I follow the program. I haven't. I don't get much from Auburn, period. And it's kind of closed off down there right now. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We haven't seen them coach a game. Like that staff obviously has a plan for what they're doing. I I was talking to someone at Auburn the other day and I said, how much does NIL factor into you guys' plan? And I kind of got basically the the typed version of the shrug emoji. It just, it's out there. We realize it, but they, they feel like they're treating it about like Matt Campbell says, Iowa State's treating it. It doesn't really factor into what we're doing. Well, that's just telegraphing to me. You plan on using a different recruiting blueprint than the big boys in the SEC. And you think that you're going to be able to put a premium on development and stacking your roster with guys who are maybe longer term projects than the immediate five star true freshman starters you see elsewhere. 
And I know that's going to turn some fans off. And I'll be honest, I don't know if I were an Auburn fan, if I'd be crazy about hearing that. But that is one of the benefits of this kind of event. Because we have not heard Brian Harson say that. It's just thus far been left to the imagination. They're sticking Brian Harson on Thursday. It's, it's the day everyone has already left. On Monday, Josh, I'm excited for Monday's draw. Dan Mullen, Ed Orgeron, and Shane Beamer. Do you kind of think Shane Beaver might be the, the sleeper star of SEC Media Days? Yeah, well, we have not gotten Kiffin or Leach at an SEC Media Days okay, yet. So point. there is some potential for some for some clippable. I mean, there there is a lot of potential there. I think Shane Beamer drew a really good spot because he gets to come in there on day one. But it also, you know, spotlight's a little bit too big. He can be overshadowed. That's no problem. I don't know how people are going to handle Ed Orgeron, Trey. I mean, there's a whole lot to love about LSU's team. There's a lot to doubt about where they were coming out of last year. But then, as you very well know, there's a lot of attention being paid to non-football-related matters. Uh, It's going to come up. I know that they've already practiced and coached him up on how to handle that and the players on how to handle that. And we're focused on weak we control, yada, yada, yada. But um, we haven't even talked about Dan Mullen, man. They ended the season disastrously last year, but he would lead you to believe, well, you know, our season ended in the SEC championship game, all's well, then ends well, and Emory Jones is going to be the answer to all our prayers this year. So there is... There is a lot to be gleaned from Monday. I mean, I think there's some meat on the bone Monday for That's, sure. Okay, you're right about Dan Mullen. There's a, it's a 100% chance he's going to say something that comes across to a lot of people as arrogant and that and they'll get headlines out of it. Josh, you made a fantastic point about Ed Orgeron, though. He never had that triumphant media days we are the defending national champs. Like, he never got that. No media days last year. And then last year's disastrous season, he's probably going to be like, what is this, Groundhog's Day? I'm answering hot seat questions all over again? What's going on here? That's 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 a fantastic point. Uh, moving down Tuesday's list: Georgia, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Uh, of all the, if you could choose one coach to talk to, Lane Kiffin, you're saying? Oh, absolutely, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin has no filter on himself. Lane Kiffin almost feels like a billionaire's son who took an SEC head coaching job but doesn't really need the job. He's invested in it, but he doesn't really need it, and so he just has no filter. And by that logic, isn't this? A Super Bowl tailor-made event for someone like that? Yeah, this is Parks and Rec stuff. What was uh, Paul Red's character? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's also, listen, I, to put a finer point on it, though, I know Leach and him are not there the same correct. day, correct? Leach is there Wednesday. Okay. I'm, I'm sure that um, I'm sure the budgeting offices at all the media outlets in Mississippi appreciate that. But anyway, Trey, that could be the most interesting state in college football this year. You've got two guys in year two with promising situations at quarterback, which is a position they specialize in developing. You've got hopefully a massively upgraded defense, which is the only thing standing between Ole Miss and actual contention for something very meaningful at the end of the year. And then on Mississippi State side, they're not going to be rated high in anyone's preseason power ratings or actual rankings. But I think it, it needs to be stated as much as possible. They played their best football in their worst roster situation last year. They dipped below 50 scholarship players and almost beat Georgia. They ended the season with a double-digit win over Missouri as a pick game. And so they started to surge at the end of the year. So what that leads you to believe, because remember, they beat Tulsa in the bowl game. A really good fight after that. Uh, Thank you, Dana White. But what it leads you to believe potentially is maybe at the very end of the year, Mike Leach got that filtering, weeding out and buy in from what's remaining on the roster. And maybe we saw like a preview of 2021 at the very end of 2020. At the very least, how far have we come in the state of Mississippi from the Matt Luke Mm. Joe Moorhead days just two years ago? Well, I mean, it's, I, I was watching that segment on late kicking. You're so right. And it, it actually is kind of funny that those two coaches are 
I guess, responsible for the most absurd egg bowl ever. But uh, you're right. I mean, this is this is a really interesting state. I had Robbie Falk on the podcast a few weeks ago, and and you, you're absolutely correct. Mike Leach has, has gotten rid or the players um, it voluntarily left, the guys who didn't quite want to be there. And I, I think he's got a pretty, de- pretty decent team now. And I also think if, if we're making bets on Monday that Dan Mullen says something he has to take back, on Tuesday, Lane Kiffin does something with Josh Heifel. Like they take a photo or together or something. There's because they're on the same day. He's got does something Tennessee related. On Wednesday, you've been there, Josh. When Nick Saban walks into the room, it's going to be different with COVID, but he's he's the son of SEC Media Days. It's everyone gravitates toward him. I would expect nothing different this year. Is his temperament more often um, sunny or cranky on Media Days? No, it's very, very sunny. And I'll tell you what else is happening. You can probably feel this no matter where you're listening. If you're listening in California or New Jersey, I know we got a stronghold up there in Jersey. I know that I have felt a shift on Nick Saban over about the past two or three years. And I think it was really exclamated this past year when we had a lot of off-field stuff happening. And there was no playbook, Trey, on how to handle what was going on this time last year independent of what anyone's opinion was, which I could not care less about. I can't emphasize that strongly enough, but independent of what anyone thought about it, if you were a head coach of a program, you had it to deal with. And Nick Saban put on a clinic as he always tends to do when these unique kind of happenstance occurrences pop up in college football and some other folks in and around college football handled it very poorly. Well, I think the world was watching that. And I think the world saw Nick Saban. And again, he puts on a master class, the likes of which you almost look at and say, wow, he's only a college football coach. It feels like in the grand scheme of society, that guy should be doing more than just running a college football program. So the shift I've felt, and it's been recent, it hasn't been over the 10 years, it's been over the last two or three years, I get more and more people in my inbox that say, man, I really hate Nick Saban. I wish he'd retire. I hate him at Alabama, but I can't help but respect him. It's incredible. Every time he opens his mouth, I shut up and listen. And in today's world, Trey, in in like the hyper-polarized world we live in in general, but especially in college football, how rare is that to get? He's the conscience of the sport. So, so right. Your videos last year with him on social distance, like your video with Saban was more similar to your video with Matthew McConaughey than your video with another football coach. Isn't that amazing? A pop, like a pop, yeah, a pop culture icon just emerges in, in what is a, you, you know, these terms, I don't know that the listeners think this way. So just for a second in our world, when you look at what was a superstar or an icon that transcended their compartment, shall we say in the seventies and eighties, that was a whole different world because the media market was so small. It was like a neighborhood relative to the entire city that the media landscape is now it's so saturated that it is so infinitely harder for one face or one person to emerge and transcend the lane that they're in nick saban's a football coach and yet i would i would i would guess his recognizability rating in the uh, media scores that we look at sometimes he may be at like 70 percent nationally which is absurd he's off the charts he's in he's in commercials um last day the SEC media days. I don't think any of these guys are in commercials yet. Sam Pittman at Arkansas, Brian Harson at Auburn, Eli Drinkwitz at Mizzou. I don't know what to say here. People hit the road by Thursday. Josh, is there uh I don't know. What do you what do you what do you what do you think when you see that list? Is there someone who's gonna have a good fall? Sam Pittman's a joy. That I, I guess this will be all three of these guys' first media days, is actually my conclusion since last year didn't happen. Well, here's the fun thing. The fun thing is if you claim to cover this conference instead of just a team. You better be on guard on Thursday because they will have the knives out in Columbia, Missouri and and Fayetteville, Arkansas. And you better pay them the proper attention and proper respect because 
especially in Missouri, Trey, they think they got something up there. Like they think, I mean, basically, if you grew up in the SEC, Missouri is halfway to Russia. That's the way that they look at it. And so they're up there. They might as well be like flying another flag out front of the university. It doesn't even feel like they're in the country, much less the conference. And they get to they get the benefits of having that SEC sticker on the helmet. But yet they also enjoy unprecedented anonymity, the likes of which maybe only Vanderbilt gets to feel in football in this conference. And they feel like, for better or for worse, this year they should have a lot more attention being paid to them. And instead, what does the conference do? They shove them there on Thursday when, like you said, everyone's either trying to get one of those Robert Trent Jones golf trail tea times in on their way home or they're just outright headed home. And there's Eli Drinkwitz saying, hey, what, what about me? Hello. And Sam Pittman's up there who really makes you feel like you're at a family reunion, even though you're not related to him. That's the day. And you mentioned Harson coming in there. I'm very interested. If someone tees him up about NIL, I really want to hear what he says about that. It's um, as SEC media days go. That's my underrated day. I don't mean anything by this, but I covered Brian Harson in college. And that guy, I think he's a good coach, but he is so vanilla. Um, he's certainly not. Yeah, he's very dry. He's, he's not really anything like Sam Pittman or Eli Drinkwitz. You ever been up to Columbia, Missouri? So I have not been to a game at Missouri and I have not been to a game at Arkansas. I am trying my best. I know your boys go in there in week two. But but the problem is, I mean, that's when my, all caps, Iowa State Cyclones play Iowa. And that's also when Oregon plays Ohio State. So I'm just trying to find a justifiable reason to management to go over there. And I'm looking at the schedule and it would really help if Sam Pittman and Arkansas pulled the big upset because then in week four, A&M and Arkansas could all of a sudden turn into a really big game in Arlington. You need to go to Iowa, Iowa State. That's a great game. And then Columbia, I've been there once before on a college visit. That's a fun little town. You could you go in during baseball season, catch a Cardinals game and drive over to. So that's a, I don't know, a little, little road trip talk at the end of SEC media days. Appreciate you joining me, Josh. Um, excited to see you down there. And I don't know, uh, we're going to listen to a lot of coaches talk and uh, try to get some scoop from players. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you there, man. Almost there, baby. Thank you, Trey. Thanks to Josh. Excited to get SEC media days underway. We'll be back on Tuesday on the next edition of the College Football Daily, recapping Monday's first day of SEC media days. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.